0: Welcome to Record Roundtable, the first week where we actually have a name. This is Caleb Robinson with... I'm Dax Orr. Jared. Tyler. And we are talking about this week, Nirvana. Ooh, I'm going to let it play out. Is that the ghost? That's the the ghost of Nirvana. Nirvana. We're already, we're already getting into it. Beautiful. So this week, we are talking about Nirvana. We are talking about their debut album, Bleach. We are talking about Nevermind, and we are talking about In Utero. And here we are. Here we are. And some others, right? And some others. Oh, let me, let me go ahead and introduce that now. We also each picked one album that we found was very influential for the times and relevant to the sound, you know, what's relevant for Nirvana. Or they just want to listen to a grunge album. <sighs> if you want to call it grunge, they didn't like calling it grunge. Yeah. If you want to call
1: it a grunge, what, ba- what?
0: basically it's an influential grunge album. But... What is
1: grunge? Can, yeah. we, can we talk about that? Yeah, let's get right into that. Does it does it mean something? I mean, it's from <laughs> Seattle. Someone look it up.
0: Oh, I, we looked it up, and it's just not clear. It's they have like they're on Wikipedia. It describes it as the guitar sounds like this, the drums sound like like it doesn't have like yeah. a definitive like this is the sound. The only mm-hmm. real
1: thing is the, it came from
2: Seattle. Yeah. That's all it really says. Dictionary says raucous guitar and lazy vocal delivery. Lazy, lazy. vocal delivery.
0: Nice. <laughs> all right.
2: That is one way to
0: describe it, I guess. So Nick Macleod good okay so- dictionary. Nickelback, we have determined, is post grunge. Mm-hmm. Fun as is Creed. Uh, yes. Oh, I Yeah, I guess yeah. I, I didn't even think about Creed this week for some reason. Oh, how could you not think about we,
2: Creed in a I week? Should have chosen that Creed album.
0: That should have been your. Well, pick. but it wasn't. It was post grunge. I can't. You can't be post
2: grunge. We could have grunge. It, it was influenced. The word grunge is in it. You want to change? I like your mind? how you type in Creed on Spotify. And it's like we're not going to give it to you. Here's a bunch of credence. <laughs> <laughs> Wait! Like, don't even think about typing Creed in here. We know what you really want.
0: Yeah, that means that Creed isn't even like an option at that point. Like you have to like no.
2: you have to work to listen to Creed. That's good. You're as like a, Creed's or nothing. Be. You're not. It's not going anywhere. You're not doing it.
0: Not only do you have to work to listen to Creed, it is work to listen to Creed. Oof. So nerve when you're
2: watching the music video where he's wearing those sweet tight pants. Oh, those sweet tight pants. I, I was with right. his wife beater. Mm. <laughs>
0: Should we play a Creed song to start? I have don't you seen that Creed? I really don't. <laughs> okay, right, we won't. Well. We won't play a Creed song. That video where um, Creed plays the halftime show of a playoff game, and they have a guy that's like on a high wire, and he like floats down during the middle of higher. Man, that is a classic <laughs>
1: Creed. Boy. that's perfect. So Nirvana was formed in Aberdeen, Washington in <laughs> 1987. Oh, we're going to get with the facts. Is that what we're going to play? Oh, I don't know. I just wanted to get off
0: Creed. Oh, that's entirely fair. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be the I don't want to do the podcast. where We're like, and this is the information that everybody knows about <laughs> the band because
1: that's not fresh. Yeah. It got us back to Nirvana. though. Yeah, I hope that's
0: true. Right. So let's talk about Bleach. Let's talk about Bleach. What is everybody's thoughts on Bleach? I want to I want to hold on mine for a second. Uh,
1: Dave Grohl wasn't in Bleach. I didn't know that. Really? That's true. He joined in 90. Uh, Bleach was 89. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. interesting.
0: So what you're saying is is that the drums sucked on Bleach?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Awful. Can't can't do it without old Davey boy. No, Bleach was pretty good. I liked Bleach. It, it didn't seem like... It, it wasn't super finished.
0: Right. Well, I mean, we, was, as we learned, it was made in $600.
1: Yeah. But it was good. I liked it.
2: I think that it had the most uh, grunge sound to it, if you will. Yeah, it was all kind of a little bit lower in terms of range and dirtier, I guess. It was very dirty. We'll get. I mean, when we get to Nevermind. We'll get into the like kind of different sounding chord progressions that Nirvana kind of became known for in that era. But I, I don't think Bleach had that many of them on it. Mm, it, it was, was very more just simple. kind of standard sounding. Yeah. It, it was very standard sounding. I agree.
0: Did anybody have a favorite track from Bleach? I liked Love Buzz. Ooh, Love as Buzz. a cover, mm. but it's
2: still good. Negative
0: Creep, mm. probably. I think Negative Creep is probably mine as well. I have a couple that I enjoy from the album, but I think that Negative Creep... I think ne- Negative Creep, if I remember correctly, was my first song that I heard mm. off of Bleach, where I was like, oh, they had a very different sound before these albums mm-hmm. that I didn't really like." know was there. Yeah, I do like that the cover that you're talking about, Love Buzz, is a cover of, of Shocking Blue, who fam- yeah. famously did the song Venus. Like the the I'm the, your Venus. One. They did I'm that, your yeah. Fire. I thought, I thought that was someone desire. else. Is that them? That Shocking Blue. Oh, you know, wow. That's them. I know. I don't Rock think I it no covered knows. the band that sang Venus. <laughs> I don't think I'd know that song if it wasn't for those commercials nope, about the Razors. That's 100% correct. <laughs> that, that's how everybody knows Venus. What a great mm-hmm. marketing ploy.
2: Absolutely.
0: Tyler, what's yours? I, was like,
2: I liked About a Girl. About a Girl? Well, we
0: started yeah, with that that's one.
2: My, that's yeah, one. we did. That's kind of the, when you're talking about the song, like that's the first song probably that I heard off Bleach as well. Okay. You, know, um, you said your first one was probably, what did you say, Negative Creep was probably the first thing you heard?
1: Yeah. And then, Cody, is this yeah. your first time listening to Bleach? I think so. Okay. I've heard some of the music, but I never listened to the album. Right. Well, obviously, I think that everybody
0: started with, like, Nevermind. That was the album that most people were introduced to because they heard songs from it and then yeah. learned to listen to well, it.
1: technically, the first thing I heard was uh, MTV Unplugged.
0: Really? Yeah. I, oh, I, well, that's I, a good one. I used yep. to watch
1: MTV all the time. and that and was
0: that was just the way that you got introduced yeah. to Yeah.
1: That's an interesting way to be
0: introduced to a band like that you you got <laughs> the version of it without all the distortion and all the mess like it's just a nice polite version you're like okay I really I could really get down with this band yeah. they're really they're really soothing and then you put on Put on their other songs and yeah. you're like oh there's there's something else going on here mm. it's, it's nice. that's a
2: good that's so good though that it really is the did, mtv unplugged is really good
0: did people listen to the mtv unplugged this week Just no i don't know i listened
2: to it many I watched, times before
0: cody and i watched it on youtube okay and we watched like the extended version where they like do sound check and stuff and then mm-hmm. a documentary that talked about how influential it was and all these people that were there were like yeah he
1: was so cool he was he, he was. Oh, so cool. <laughs> he was yeah. so
2: cool. I honestly I think I like I think I like the M T V Unplugged better than all of the individual studio albums. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, it has like that's songs. A statement. I mean it's got songs from In Utero and from Nevermind and from it's got songs from all of them in there. And it's like all the songs I like from every album is is on there. That Plus sense. that sweet bowie cover. Mm-hmm. And what, the Vaseline's cover. What was the what was the Bowie cover? I don't remember that one. Man who sold the world. Oh, that's right. Because I didn't didn't
1: Bowie like really freak out over the fact that he covered and he was like, "I'm relevant." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't it like people keep going up to Bowie and saying, uh, "I like that Nirvana cover." Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they, they like his cover of Nirvana. <laughs>
0: his cover of Nirvana. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, so on Bleach, I will actually. Uh, I will state that I wasn't a big fan of Bleach, actually. I, I know, shocking to say the least. I, I just, I, I think that when it comes down to it, the and I understand that it was made with $600, and I understand that it's a debut album, and I understand that it has that kind of messy, grungy sound, but it just doesn't sound well-produced, It doesn't sound like like the the drums don't come in clearly. The guitar doesn't come in clearly. The vocals sound a little bit like all over the place sometimes, which is kind of standard for Cobain, but it just was a lot clearer on this album. So just objectively speaking, I feel like people really love this album because it's Nirvana and don't love it because it's a good album.
2: But that's my take on it. It was definitely my least favorite yeah. of the three. And I only really like a few. I like About a Girl. I like Floyd the Barber. I mm-hmm. like Negative Creep. That's, I like Love Buzz All Right. But I, other than that.
0: I can't. I'm trying to think. I like School. School's a pretty good song. But I, I think that really a lot of them just blur together. And mm-hmm. they they have the same kind of chord structure. They kind of have the same tone to them. And like there's just not other than like about a girl which obviously has a very different tone than a lot of the the other songs on there i think that a lot of it just kind of sounds like the same song and it's still not the best song so that's my stance
1: that's i fair. would agree it's fair
0: let's play let's play negative creep we got to we got to play at least one bleach song and i yeah. think that's the one that we can universally agree on here I also think this is the song where the the guitar comes in probably the cleanest out of all the other songs. And the the vocals as well. The vocals sound a lot like cleaner and well done on this.
2: So I feel like
1: we don't have a whole lot to say about Bleach
2: when it comes down to it.
1: No, not really.
2: Yeah. Uh, I do really like the vocals on Negative Creep. I I, I do too. Very weird. Very weird. They are.
0: And they they really didn't explore that sound other than a couple songs, especially on In Utero, which we'll talk about. I feel like they didn't really play with that sound. They had a much more refined and clean sound, and they didn't really play around with that like really messy, punky garage sound other than a couple Mm -hmm. tracks.
1: I I think they would have liked to. I think it was mostly their uh, record label. I think that's that pushed right. Pushed in that way.
0: So pop, so uh, pop. Yeah. I, I would
1: agree with that. I would
0: say, and obviously we'll we'll never know this because of the the whole situation. Uh, I think if they had the ability to have released more albums over time, I think that because you could tell that there was a shift that was coming from in utero, where they kind of went away from what they were doing. Which is, I think that they some people have even described it kind of as a pop album, mm-hmm. which is a strange thing to say about. Never mind, but makes a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. I think that they, you could tell that there was a really big shift when they went into In Utero, and
2: I think they would have kept going in that direction had they had more time to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it would have gone if they had more time. Because if, from what I know of, In Utero is completely alienating their fan base. Mm-hmm. If that's a mindset that you decide to keep for every album, because like it didn't work out that way. Like That's what they intended to happen, and people loved In Utero. Because, they were basically you know,
0: invincible at that point.
2: Well, yeah, if they like, you like Nirvana, so you're going to like listen to them and defend them or whatever. I think there's some really good songs on it. you realize, And it, people th- do think it's really good now outside of the fact that it's a Nirvana album. But I don't know. With the popularity of it, especially with the intention not to be, who knows? I mean, who knows where they would have gone?
0: I mean, if they probably would have just, if there was a case that their intention was to push the limit, to push the fans away. You would think that what they were going to do is just amp it up even more, and like if yeah, that didn't work, me. let's see what else we can do. Just, just uh. imagine Kurt Cobain singing "Monkey Wrench." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that could have been on an Nirvana album. No, you, no, I don't no. know about that. No, way. why not? Because that's a that's the that's a Dave Grohl
2: sound. Yeah, Dave Grohl is the pop one. He really mm, yeah. is.
0: Are we? Are we going to ta- hear? I want to hear. Um, Cobain saying Learn to Fly. He, he didn't have any, like... <laughs> they, he didn't have, like, these big swooping choruses in his songs, really. They were just kind of, like, repetitive. Smells like Teen Spirit. Like, mm-hmm. that's... It's yeah, that, a, that it's course a, is not swooping. No. so And he didn't really have any like that. So it would have been very interesting if Dave would have like stood up for himself in any way or if he just would have continued to just be the drummer and then never <laughs> learned to fly. <laughs> learned to <laughs> fly. What's funny you know, is because we were watching a documentary and Dave, they were asking Dave about it and he literally was just like, I'm just the drummer man. Yep. Like he just <laughs> he was so disenfranchised by the whole thing and he knew that he didn't have like a huge involvement in like the writing process. He literally just mm-hmm. he he was like I just he like I can't do it cuz this is this is audio obviously, but he literally just moved his hands around. I was like this is all I do man. I just Yeah,
1: it was Kurt's band. Like the others were just there kind of. Yeah. I don't know That's about all right. um Crist, Crist, yeah.
0: Crist, I feel like he had a pretty strong involvement in the group. He didn't write though.
2: Right. Yeah. I think he, but he, I mean, he didn't write the song necessarily, but he wrote all of the, all of his bass parts, which I'm, I, people who were all about Nevermind mm-hmm. are all like, oh, Chris's bass parts are just like, oh, they love his bass parts because they're just like some, you know, little groove that kind of carries it along. Yeah. So I don't know. They all had an attitude anyway. You they, saw they interviews. Did. They did, they did yeah, all have an interview. They're attitude. just kind of like, whatever.
0: I think that some of that was a little intentional, but I think that a lot of it is very genuine. I think that they... A little bit was them kind of putting themselves out there, and it was just them kind of showing that they... Like, that, that grungy, I don't give a fuck vibe is very, very much a, a, a sound that they should have for what they were releasing. But at the same time, I do think that they genuinely didn't care about what was going on. I think that they... They enjoyed the fame maybe a little bit at the point that when they first got it, but I think that it did not last for them very long at all, and they were just done with it. Mm Mm-hmm. We want to move into Nevermind. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> We've got a lot to say about Nevermind cuz each song we could talk about for 10, 15, 20 minutes, I think. Mm. But we won't. But we, <laughs> who says we won't? You can't. We might. We you might. You probably will. You can't stop me. Let's start with Polly. Let's talk about Polly for 25 minutes. No anyway. I like I like Polly. I like Polly it's a bad too. bird. I like Polly too. Uh, okay, so let's mm-hmm. just go ahead and get into what are favorite songs, Cody? I know yours. Uh, territorial pissings mm-hmm. which is totally fair let's let's go ahead and play a little bit of territorial pissings <laughs> Like You can already tell, right with just that one track, that mm. the drums and the guitar and the vocals just all come in so clean in comparison to that Bleach. Is,
1: that is true.
0: And I understand that the garage sound is fun, but not if it's not produced well. Now I'm done talking about Bleach, I swear. <laughs> I needed to get out that last little hurrah, and I will not mention it again. Jared, do you have a favorite song from, from Nevermind? Probably Come As You Are. I will admit, I think that "Come as You Are" is also mine. I have a I have a soft spot for those like really reflective and soft and really meaty songs that they have. You know, why did mm-hmm. you play Polly? Just because that was his favorite song? I did, that wasn't Polly. That was territorial pissings. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I would if I wanted to play Polly. I would have said we're gonna play a little bit of Polly. That's true. Yeah.
1: Do you even watch the own, your own podcast?
0: Yeah, Jared. No, I didn't watch it. Jeez. <laughs> oh,
1: it's on DVR. <laughs> You'll watch it later. <laughs>
0: then you never get to it because you always forget those recordings, and they get buried into the bottom of the DVR, and ugh. What a time. What a time. So Come As You Are. You have any thoughts on Come As You Are? Nope. Tyler?
1: <laughs> you, you just <laughs>
0: refuse to take part in anything. I love it. I, sometimes I just- I, I took the grunge attitude this week. <laughs> Man, I just, you know what, this, I, who, why grunge? Well, who would even think to listen to grunge? It's
2: dumb. Dumb
0: grunge. Dumb grunge. <clears throat> well, if you have nothing to say, think go ahead Tyler I like uh,
2: I like Comin's Yard it's a pretty good song I actually that's the song where that little that guitar bit is like stuck in my brain to a point where that's a song I use to tell if I'm in tune or not
0: oh really yeah that makes sense
1: you know that does sound familiar oh does it do you have another song you want to play next maybe uh, by uh, killing
0: joke oh I, I would need to know what the song is but we'll talk about it in just a second okay let me let me play this out a little bit more
2: friend, friend,
0: okay so you got that you got that guitar riff stuck in your head right it's in there so it's 80s by killing joke oh no right there I found it ready mm-hmm. okay this is a little bit of 80s by killing joke <laughs> what do you think about that
1: they, they admitted it, it sounded the same they did they did no no one ever uh, i think killing joke took it from someone else oh did so they? i think it's just kind of one of those riffs that's just it's a good riff yeah whatever
2: just stick a little bit of that reverb on it, it all sounds the same <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's a pretty distinctive riff like i i think that you you don't get that riff unless you either write it or you steal it like that one doesn't like oh darn i can't like, believe, oh, darn. Y- I can <laughs> believe none of you heard that little hi-hat in there you mean you want go ahead, go ahead, just dis- defend it. I'm listening. You, you didn't hear that little hi hat sound right there? That totally made it different. You, you want to listen to it one more time? This, and... I think this is my second Vanilla Ice yeah, reference in terms of hi hat stealing shit.
0: This is all. Uh, this is your your like typical defense as like the lower yeah, for my show, but, but listen is, to the hi
2: hat. There's a little hi hat in there. Did it because that was Vanilla Ice's argument, and to me, that's the argument for everything. And if you do that, you know. I think every time the, the judge is going to say
0: case closed, we're done here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. It was there. Okay, so I have I have something I want to talk about too, uh, and Cody Cody will probably take the lead on this heavily, but oh, I'm going to start with this first. So I'm going to play a little bit of In Bloom, and then we're going to transition into this conversation. <laughs> Jared is right about the. You've said multiple times that songs are too long at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yep, I I feel it every time where I'm just sitting there and I'm like, just give me a little, (laughs) if we if we did uh, more preparing during the week, you would have these clips lined up for the parts that you want people to actually hear. You know what? I have the whole playlist (laughs) ready. I've got every song queued up and ready to go. If you want me to go through and have every song clipped down to the second that I want them. For every album that we're listening to just in case the conversation leads into
2: let's talk about this song i will put in that work just for you okay i'll put in the work we'll put in the work of i'll tell you the time in the song that i need you to play all right Give me, give me in bloom. Uh, it's harder. To the second. See, the thing
0: is with Spotify, it's harder to do that. On iTunes, if you already have the song on there, you can have it set up to play a certain part starting at you know within the song, like 36 seconds to 42 seconds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but you can't do it on, on Spotify. Like I used I to be able I to s- do that when we um, a few years ago we did a Fourth of July party. Yep. And we would we did a music and the music was timed. It was like a 15 minute show, but each song was like okay, play 15... 52 seconds of firework by Katy Perry until you know 1:15. So you had like you know however long that is, 28 seconds. I see. So there were some really good songs on that too. Yeah, there's a lot. Burning down the house, and I mean, there's every, every year we did. You know, or we two did, or three years in a row, we did a uh, uh, music. I believe we did "Boom" by System of a Down. <coughs> yes. Uh, oh, we did "Light My Fire" by The Doors. Yes. Smoke on the water. Smoke on. The water. <laughs> that's when we. That's when we did the smoke. Um, <laughs> it was uh, smoke bombs. Uh, no, it wasn't smoke. What was it? It was the. Um, oh no! Ring of are? fire was when we lit the table on fire and held it up in the air. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we like put gasoline in a circle and then lifted it up. And then we smashed it. Oh, that was a good time. That was a great story. Anyway,
2: so mm-hmm. I love that story. So in bloom, I, I, I see oh, go ahead, go ahead, please. I see Jared's argument. You know, I see where he's getting that. Yeah, but I, I just know that the case full out. Is Jared there. is full out down with big Spotify. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm on the that. bandwagon. Spotify, stop ruining hidden tracks. I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There is a hidden uh, track on Nevermind, so
2: this is relevant. It's, it's relevant, relevant to this, this time.
0: conversation. Well, you know what? Let's <clears throat> let's play a little bit of "Endless Nameless." It's not hidden this time. It's not hidden. That's th- th- your argument is correct. It goes it goes right
2: into that song. It's not hidden. How dare they? Down with big Spotify!
0: Spotify is still our sponsor. Listen to Spotify only. So that is that is definitely back to that that bleach sound on their hidden track. That was where they're like, no one's gonna listen to this,
2: so we might mm-hmm. as well go ahead and do what we want here. They might have just you know taken it from Bleach anyway, Bleach recordings and just stuck it in. They very well might have. Okay. All so right, you got this. You got this in bloom discussion that you that you're on. I need yes. I need to do it. I need. I've got a I've got an it. in bloom opinion as well but i don't know if it's the same you know fashion as yours (laughs) it's It's definitely
0: not not. i promise there's no way so uh we were listening to music videos watching music videos doing Mm -hmm. both things with music videos last night and i noticed something while (laughs) listening to nirvana videos so if you watch the video for in bloom there's a, a guy who comes out and he introduces the band and then they come out and they start playing in bloom, but they're all wearing like kind of like old school, like fifties esque yeah, like, outfits.
1: Yeah, like an o- old talk show.
0: Yeah, and they're kind of playing really pleasantly, and they're they're they don't look like they're playing a really heavy like grungy song, and that's the video, right? Mm-hmm. That sound that sounds familiar to everybody so far. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, guess what? I also just described the music video to Buddy Holly. Oh yes, that's Weezer. Mmm. Weezer done
1: stealing it. Weezer Dunn stole that. I don't lick. think he stole the, it. Can we talk about this? Okay, then we'll get there. Hold Weezer on. Weezer Dunn
0: stole it. Weezer, Weezer, absolutely took the idea of that video. If you, I, I'm telling you, listeners, r- just watch the first 30 seconds of both of those music videos, and I'm telling you, it is a stunning difference. However, old Dax here has a <laughs> alternative
1: argument for
0: this. This is this thing. Th-
1: I think this might be true. So Kurt Cobain didn't see a future with Nirvana. He, he knew it was going downhill. he wanted out. So he faked his death and he became Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer of Weezer. They look similar. I, I they don't look they similar. look similar. <laughs> they don't I just don't <laughs> agree. Mm. Well Weezer. Weezer <laughs> formed in 92. And none of their tour dates, none of their show dates coincide with Nirvana. Except for the one. There was one maybe. Maybe. Other than that one, though, none of them, like, run into each other. They're all, like, alternating.
2: Uh, I'm in. I'm down. I'm in
1: this. I'm in it. Weezer (laughs) occasionally. (laughs) You're selling them. Weezer occasionally (laughs) plays small shows under the pseudonym Goat Punishment, and they play only Nirvana covers.
2: Okay. All right. (laughs) It's, It's done. That's it. That's it. It's real. This is this is real. Rivers Cuomo is Kurt Cobain. He gave up on wearing baggy sweaters, and now he wears tighter sweaters. Bad <laughs> glasses. And and I'm there. I agree. I'm, I like it. it. I'm on your page, Cody. I'm in. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> what would you say, Jared? I said it, and then he
0: wrote a song about it. Oh, <laughs> He wrote a song about how the he- sweater song. Oh, of course. <laughs> he did write a song about the sweaters. There you go. A passion of his. It all goes together. It runs deep. Except for this argument, which we discovered last night, and we talked about- Rivers is about three inches shorter than Kurt.
1: That he,
0: You shrink as you get older. Not that's that true. much. They that also quickly. covered Oasis. They didn't only do Nirvana. They did... Go Punishment? You, I wish you would have yeah, done your due diligence in I this conspiracy I theory. I thought I did. <laughs> you didn't go to Weezerpedia.com like I just did. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's,
0: a
2: Weezer, it's a Weezerpedia? Yeah, Weezer-pedia. That's a, really, Weezerpedia. that's a catchy name right there. Wait a second. How is... Well, wow, Rivers Cuomo is so short. <laughs> it was it 5'6"? Yeah, five, how six. is he that short? Because uh, he's a little twerpy nerd boy. Kurt Cobain's 5'9". He, he is a little twer- twerpy nerd. He's old, though. Remember we saw Weezer this summer. Cody, you yeah. weren't there, but that's a shame. I-, I saw Weezer once. But you didn't okay. see Weezer with Pixies. I've seen them twice. Oh, uh, no, that's okay. true. Well, I mean, who cares if you saw Weezer when you saw the Pixies? It's Absolutely. just... Absolutely. Anyway, the nerdy thing, like when you get older, it's really difficult to be an old nerd. Because uh, you don't really look innocent. You just look creepy. Yeah. And people don't know what to do about you. And that's where Rivers Cuomo is now. Mm-hmm. Poor baby. Yeah.
1: Weezer was awkward also, to watch live.
2: Also, Courtney Love is taller than Kirk Cobain, and that's weird. Oh, that is weird. Is she really? Yeah, by an inch. Oh, by an inch. But just by hair. Uh, Beaten by an inch. Oh, oh, that's your no, own in bloom <laughs> cody's gonna get I to refuse. Do it when we get to the whole please, album no, cody's gonna do it regardless we can do that
0: oh, i gave it away i'm sorry i wish I'm you sorry. wouldn't do that but do what i don't think it's it, a good idea to do this
1: I, it's, it's you're fine. setting yourself up for a whole lot of issues whole, if you bring that up a whole, lot of a, whole lot of a whole lot of issues oh god one more thing about rivers cuomo oh please uh he dressed as kurt cobain for halloween I don't think that means anything. He Look. changed. <laughs> he changed his Twitter name to Kurt Quobain. Oh god! Ooh. That I like.
2: That I'm on board with. Uh, they're the same person. Okay. All right, I'm done. Okay, I'm down. Okay, that's so your. Th- is that your in bloom? That's your in bloom. Yeah. Th- Whoa! Did you know you there's, a, there's a there's a video about this? Yeah, that's where he got it from. <laughs>
0: right. It's not his theory. He stole the theory. He doesn't have oh, theory. theory.
1: It's a popular
0: oh. theory. No, it's, a, it's not popular. That guy isn't. It not is It that is popular. Views. It's on Reddit. How could it not be? It's yeah. on Reddit. Yeah, mm. It's just because it's on, it on Reddit, Reddit doesn't mean it's popular. I There's tons of Someone conspiracies Reddit. on
2: Reddit that aren't popular. This one is. There's lots of comments.
0: Okay. <laughs> what, what did you want to
2: say about In Bloom? Oh, you know, In Bloom. So, you know, In Bloom was on Guitar Hero, so everyone knows the song. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're like that's a sweet song but for me i don't really know why i drew this line but for some reason in bloom and breed are always songs for me where i'm like yeah those are like similar songs they're like competing head to head and uh i just like breed way better i could see so that. every time someone says in bloom i'm always like breeds better so stop talking
0: that's entirely fair I, you mentioned in guitar hero actually this is a, a fun fact that i uh wanted to mention there are two ways that i was introduced to nirvana as a very very young boy Mm -hmm. one of them was the fact that they were on guitar hero and the other one is this song right here That's right. I, I I learned about Nirvana because of Weird Al Yankovic. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't think so?
2: No. How do you think I learned about Coolio? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good like, point. Come on now. <laughs> I I had like six Weird Al albums when I was growing up. I listened to that all the time. Did you really? Oh yeah. We had I have quite a favorite a few everything. Too. Is your favorite Running with Scissors? Yes, That's I a good one. Oh, I got How it. How did you know? I had, oh, I
0: got it. Yeah, I had a poodle hat and 04. I had running with scissors. I had I had a, a food compilation where it's all. Yeah, the songs. that's a good one. The food album. Yeah. Well, no, 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 not the food album. The f- it's a compilation that only
2: includes songs where he talked about food. That's the food album. <laughs> okay.
0: You think that he has
2: two food albums? Well, I thought that. Okay. He's got yeah. an album. He's got one album that's a food compilation. and One's that's just
0: album. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, but like the one that Eat It is on could be a food album. But that uh, one's yeah, like, called is. Fat, right?
2: No, okay. you have Fat, and then you've got Eat It. Are they both on that album? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Then you've got My Bologna. Mm hmm. Of course. Spam. Which one is Spam yeah. on? That's on this. This is all on the food album. No, what is, what is the song that Spam is like? Oh, it's a Stand R- by REM. Yeah, REM. Oh, that's right. Okay, go on. Uh, Addicted to Spuds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The white stuff instead of the right stuff. Uh-huh. And you kids yeah. on the block. Then you got... Let's see. What else is actually worth listening to on there? Did uh, you say My I Bologna? Love, Rocky Road is okay. He said My Bologna. Okay. I like that one. Oh, Rocky lasagna. Road is He did Lasagna instead of La Bamba. Yeah. <laughs> La Lasagna. I remember yeah. that one. I love that... So I, that is a compilation album, but the food album is
0: what it's titled. I love that this is actually relevant because... Because he did a Nirvana song. So I I Mm -hmm. got to slip in a little Weird Al this week. Way to go. uh, Thanks.
1: He did the song on the Simpsons episode, too. Oh, you want to
0: talk about the Simpsons
2: episode? Yeah,
1: I kind of do. Go ahead. So uh, have you ever seen the Simpsons Nirvana episode, Tyler?
2: No, I don't think so, actually.
1: In the Simpsons episode, uh, they're looking back at how uh, Marge and Homer got together. And while Marge was in college, Homer started a grunge band Because they broke up, yeah, and he basically became Kurt Cobain. Nice. It is a it is a really good, really good episode. You gotta check it out. I just googled her.
2: That '90s show. Oh yeah. Fun fact: got Kurt Loader on on there and everything.
1: On the Simpsons
0: episodes, uh, you can watch them on their website for a total of one hour for free. Yeah! Wow! So you can get a whole three Simpsons episodes for free. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to do it, but they, yeah, on that oh episode, they what was the what was uh they did a cover or they did a version of Rape Me. What was yeah. Brain Freeze mm. was the Weird Al Brain version. Freeze. Brain Freeze. Homer. Not the not the Weird Al. It was the Homer Simpson version. No, the the they did a Weird Al version of a Nirvana song that was a Homer version. Oh, okay. So they yeah. did Rape Rape Me. Homer did I save can, me save me which then turned into a weird owl song called Brain Freeze mm-hmm. that was in the episode. Wow. It was real meta. I I <laughs> loved pretty, it.
2: That's pretty I'm imp- I'm impressed with Matt Groening there. I you should always be impressed with Matt. He's a good man. <laughs> well, that's true. Did you ever sing your favorite song from Nevermind? No, I, mean, I didn't. That was, well, you know, I just All right. Is it Breed? No, I like It's on my list of my three favorites. Oh, you got three favorites. But I prefer the other two. I like Drain You and I like On a Plane. Which one over is is a number 1? I don't know. It's really difficult. They're not even that they're really not that different. I okay, let's Both listen to songs.
0: A, let's listen to a little bit of drainium, and then a little a little bit on a plane. Wonder. A little bit on a plane. I can hear some similarities, but I think they're distinct mm-hmm. enough to have a, a I, one or the other.
2: I'd probably have to choose on a plane. Okay, overdrain you, I think, okay. if I had to choose. That's a good. That's a good answer.
0: Not many people would pick on a plane, so I, I I appreciate that. The one thing I will say about Nevermind, and I think that this is what's so definitive about this album, is that people recognize like almost every one of the songs on this album i think that you could go from smells like teen spirit all the way down to drain you and people would probably be able to hear it and say oh yeah that's a that's a song that was off of nevermind right like even the the casual listener recognizes more than half of this album i mean they would know it's Nirvana. i don't know if yeah. they'd be able to say never it was on nevermind I I don't know. I think that I agree with Jared. I don't think so. I think think you're wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I think that a lot of people like recognize this album. Do you know how many people walk around with shirts that have Nirvana on it and they don't even know any of the songs? I know. It hurts. They get it at Hot Topic and at Journey. Walmart. At Walmart. And at (laughs) Walmart. um, I never had um, a Nirvana shirt.
2: In high school, uh, Nirvana was like a big band for all the people who were in bands. I was in a band in high school, so I wanted the Nirvana shirt to wear around. Right. And then my mom bought me one, but my mom, was, you know, she bought me a lame one, so I'm like, nope, I'm not wearing that shirt. So I just silently went along and wore my Dead Kennedy shirt instead. You can't, you can't force me to wear this Nirvana shirt, Mom. Right. You don't know what I want. You don't know what I feel. It was like, it was like a camo e print Nirvana e, and I'm like, no, no, camo e, because it came from Coles or some garbage.
0: Uh, what? this is a dumb thing, but I'll say it that uh, if you ever didn't have to the your dead kennedy shirt you got uh, jello on it <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> I don't understand that at all. jello B Afro, man, this is the lead singer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot his name. I wasn't ready for that joke I, at all. <laughs>
0: oh. This <setup laughs> wasn't very good, but I knew where I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least got us out of the muck. <laughs> so uh, I think we've covered quite a few of the tracks on Nevermind. So let's go ahead and move on to In Utero. All right. um so before we get started on this, what I this is my general opinion over the albums, is I feel like Nevermind was like, it was a hit monster, but it didn't have the same kind of album flow as In Utero does. I think that In Utero is, as an album, better, but I think that the songs on Nevermind are better, if that makes sense. It has a more cohesive sound. I think that everything you know, really flows you know together really well. Why? Because of the producer. Go on. He's a wonderful
2: man, Steve Albini. I thought that Albini uh, did Nevermind as well. No. no. Albini did in utero. Nevermind was Butch Vig. Oh, okay.
0: Okay, okay, okay. I thought that wasn't it, because we watched the documentary, wasn't it Albini who was talking about the the music? I think so. So I thought that that was, I thought it made it seem like he had like had a universal like involvement in their career, I guess, Mm -hmm. rather than it just
2: being one album that he produced. No, they went to, they went to him. For that, because of the sound they wanted on that on that album, that makes sense. I, I don't. So, I well, either way, there's not a
0: there's not a bum track on this album. So, regardless of what you guys say is your favorite track, I'm ready to rock and roll with it. So let's start with Jared. Jared, what you got? All apologies. All apologies. Uh, the best song. Oh man, that's a good that's a good option. It's just impressive that you went straight to the final track. Let's let's play a little bit of all apologies. Play the play the Sinead version. <laughs> please. <laughs> it's very good. was that? Was that a good transition? That was
2: pretty good. Thank you.
1: All wow. <clears throat> what else should I say?
0: I- okay, I'm glad that you brought this up. I love Nirvana covers. Mm-hmm. I just I eat them up. I eat them up num num good. There I like something the about a cover. What, the, it, what else you got? This the cover of a uh, sliver by a gasoline anthem is very very good. Yep. I love that mm. song a lot. Every time I Die did Tourette's and yeah, that that's is a, a good a version. phenomenal cover. There are like 3 full albums of covers just of Nirvana songs. Like they they have a different band cover a Nirvana song. And they go through the entire album just with like a series of different bands. And there are different versions of that same concept. They had Thou cover Milk It on one album. And I think somebody else. No, it was Nevermind that had two versions. Hmm. So, which they had Daughters cover songs. And I don't know how familiar you are with Daughters, Tyler yeah, specifically, a little bit. little bit. So they didn't have bit. like any albums for like eight years. They just had their their new album come out last year. And they didn't mm-hmm. have anything come out since like. Uh, 2010 I think it was so they probably had a, a little bit of momentum and they still got to be involved in the the cover album which I thought was really surprising because they really weren't a big band at all But so
2: what, when when did you say that cover album was there was
0: one that came out just... in 2011 it's the come as you are 20th and uh, anniversary tribute album mm-hmm. that one has some pretty good stuff on it uh, me without you did in bloom mm-hmm. I like that Ooh. one The the one that has thou. Oh, I gotta listen to that one. Okay, we'll play it. The one that has thou um, is the In Utero
2: tribute, which was released in 2014. So Um that's interesting because I'm. I just found the video because I just googled to try to find some. Mm -hmm. And in 2014, it also looks like what HBO did like a special. Oh, this is at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. So like, Chris and. Dave Roll got together and did Nirvana, and they just had different people come out and take Kurt's place. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. For a couple songs. So this Joan, one is. I think Joan Jett was Andy. on something. I don't know. This is Andy Clark doing that. Lithium with them, which is pretty cool. That is cool. I'll, I'll go Andy Clark and play. being St. Vincent for those who don't know. We'll
0: go back, and uh, this is a little Nevermind, but we'll play the Me Without You in Bloom.
2: Sell the
1: kids for food Weather changes Moon Spring is here again Reproductive glands We could have some more Nature is a whore Bruises
2: on the fruit
0: Tender age blue meat it's, it's so different. It's crazy how different it is. I, mean, I love that yeah,
2: version. This sounds like them though, doesn't it?
0: It has, Oh yeah, it, it screams I mean, me without you. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so they had another one, Doused in Mud, Soaked in Bleach, which was a tribute that came out, looks like, in 2016. I did know about that one, actually. Yeah, because that that's another one that they have. So they've there's basically a cover of every single Nirvana song that exists, mm. which is crazy. I, I, this is one of my favorite ones. Have you ever listened to Maps and Atlases? Yeah. They have a really, really definitive sound as well, similar to Me Without You, and they did Drain You. Mm-hmm. Oh. And this is it.
1: One baby, two.
0: It also has such a definitive, like, Maps and Atlas' sound. I just really like when bands, like, put their own sound into mm-hmm. the music. So, like, you can tell that it's, like, it's clearly a Nirvana song, but it also is very clearly a version by that band.
2: Yeah, I would agree. That's pretty good. Oh, I see Finger Eleven did one on there. Yeah, I saw, the, I saw yeah. that as well. I, I didn't want to listen to it. No, yeah. not, that was is not one of my favorites. And it's Polly too, which
0: is also a shame because that's a good song. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Jared was, all apologies... Dax, what's your favorite on on that one?
1: Oh boy, I was gonna say all apologies. uh Heart shaped box. Okay, see, heart shaped box is mine as
0: well. But I'll, Tyler, go ahead and say yours. We'll see if it's it's either of the ones that we've already said. Mm-mm, no, mine's rape me and <sighs> Dom. I like okay. too. Okay, all of those are good. I will also I will also talk a little bit about Tourette's because that's my secret favorite. Mm. My secret se- favorite. My okay. secret. So secret. I like I like heart shaped box. We'll play that and then I'll talk a little bit about Tourette's. Mm. A, just a good song
1: it is a great song just a good song it is good it was originally a heart-shaped coffin oh yeah you talked about that yeah. last night It's based off of a uh, a box that was heart-shaped that courtney love gave to uh kurt the That's, video is mm. also wild just a it wild is. music video
0: mm. one one of my my all-time favorites it just has so much going on in it and it's just it's a fun time uh, which one do you want to play from yours? Do you want to do Rate Me or do you want to do Dumb, Tyler? Let's do, let's do Dumb. Let's do Dumb. I'm
2: not let us Back into town The sun is gone That is all. I, I sometimes I
0: forget how good "Dumb" is.
2: Mm-hmm. There's so many good. Songs that's a song I really album. came to like from the MTV uh, Unplugged. Yeah. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really that, good on there.
0: That is also a, one of those songs where like, cause you would think listening to Nirvana that their songs would not translate as well as they do to like an acoustic set until you hear the acoustic set and you're like, okay, there are actually mm-hmm. quite a few songs that translate
2: really, really well to this. There are strings and like dumb has strings in it. Something has strings in it. There's like a few mm-hmm. songs that have strings and like some underlying stuff that really does translate well into an acoustic set. I agree completely. Um, so my only thought on Tourette's is it's such a
0: short song. It is so goddamn messy and I just love it so much, but I feel like I'm not supposed to. (laughs) It's one of those songs where it feels like, like Kurt saying like that's, that's the middle finger to the fans is that song right there. And I'm going to, I'm going to play just, just a little bit so you can get taste. It's those vocals, they're just mm-hmm. oh man, oh man, you're telling me that he was doing that stuff back in like '93. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh man, keep it up. Do we have any other yeah. thoughts on in utero? If we covered the gamut, mm-hmm.
2: I think that so. Um, I guess let me get to my, my notes, please do because I think <clears throat> I didn't talk about uh, never mind, but I think. Like you know, I talked about how to me, Bleach sounded like a typical grunge album in a sense where it's kind of more normalized chord progressions, a little bit like lower pitched and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I think I think that Nevermind is still in a in like the uh, the pinnacle album in their sound of like how they use chord progressions that aren't necessarily typical
0: mm-hmm.
2: in this or that. But then I think like once you get into In Utero, I think it's a shift from like even from a grunge sound into just what we know as like a mid nineties alternative. I could see that where it was
0: just a completely different sound that like it was very much its own sound at the time. Right.
2: Yeah. And it just kind of fits in in certain, in other places, I guess. Now I think, I think some of those songs, I think rate me could have easily fit into nevermind with the, like, with the ease. I, I would agree with it. I think rate me is probably the one that would fit the most out of that right. album. Maybe, maybe penny royalty. Maybe. Yeah, Penny Royalty could have as well, I think, as well. Now, I think one of my – I will say one of my favorite Nirvana songs. Let me see if it's on Incesticide. I can't remember. Oh, I love Incesticide.
0: Is. I also listen to Incesticide. That Because that's an EP, so we de- technically mm-hmm. did not have to listen to it for the sake of the podcast. But, boy, do you know that I listen to
2: Incesticide. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. I do also like Aneurysm, which is a good song. Mm-hmm. But it was, a, it was a B-side from Nevermind. But I like the song – verse chorus verse which i don't know i don't know where here it is it's a boombox rehearsal track on the deluxe version never mind i heard it on with the lights out that box that box set that came out in like early 2000s Mm -hmm. but uh, i don't know i I just really like that song i don't think i know that song at all but it was never released anywhere i don't don't know if it has different titles in different places i don't know you want to play a little bit of it yeah we can play a little bit if you can find it i sure did
0: can definitely tell it's a rehearsal but i feel like that would have definitely been like a good track had they gotten more into it
2: oh it's clearly and it's clearly a nevermind release oh yeah that's what's the interesting thing about nevermind i guess is like you the chord progressions have to be different because that's like most of what there is in all of these songs Mm -hmm. you know there's not a lot going on over top of it other than vocals so that makes sense okay
0: so i think everybody everybody looks on this end like they're ready to, to move into our album so as just as a reminder for, for some of these, uh, these lists that we're going to be doing here, we're going to have just few enough albums that we can do something different. So what we've decided we're going to do for Old Record Roundtable is we'll do a couple albums from the band and then we'll look, talk about some of the influential albums that either were influenced by or um, influenced later music from whatever that group is that we're talking about. So we're going to be talking about predominantly grunge albums here regardless of whether they came before nirvana where they like grunge wasn't really like a term that like existed until nirvana so they're not technically grunge albums because they came before the term even existed but they've got that vibe or albums that came afterwards that really kind of encompass that grunge sound who would like to go first with their album well Okay, here we go, because <laughs> I, can... <laughs> I know he's got a lot to talk about with this one.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go into a, a little tangent. I'm going to keep it short, but Hole, Live Through This, uh, is a decent album. I mean, it's not one of my favorites, but it was recorded not long before Kurt died, and Kurt actually worked on this album. Mm-hmm. He did uh, backing vocals. He was in the studio while it was being recorded, so I thought it would just be fun to throw it in. Sure. Did you guys listen to it? Yeah, yes, we all listened to it. What did you guys think?
0: I so I listened to this album actually. So I listened to it again, but I listened to this album last year when I was doing my album a day project, Mm -hmm. and I like a I like the general vibe of the album, but something about it just didn't stick with me. I think that they, I think a lot of it sounds good but none of it sounds great if that makes sense i i don't love her voice i think the instrumentation is just a little bit boring at times but mm-hmm. i think that overall the album is good but it's certainly not one of my favorites
1: yeah there are a couple songs that i really liked i liked the Doll parts Doll parts That's is, probably my favorite on there that one's mm-hmm. also my favorite let's play a little bit of Doll parts i am
2: And there you have it. A little bit of hole there. I, I, I agree with you guys pretty much on this one. I think it was. I thought it was a pretty decent album. It was a little bit different. It's mm-hmm. a little mellower. It's got kind of an alternative rock sound to it. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Those, it, I think it fits more into that kind of sound.
0: It's still got a grunge I, vibe, and if you look it up on Wikipedia, it does say grunge. But I definitely think it has well, more of an alternative rock sound. Does your
2: voice make it grunge?
0: I, I listened to the wrong album. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> what whole album did you listen I to? I listened to their debut album, Pretty on the Inside. Oh, like, I knew you were <laughs> Well, like what did. did you think about Pretty on the Inside, Jared? I, I, it was, I didn't really like it very much, but the th- one thing that I did uh, kind of think with it, I thought her voice kind of sounded like Courtney Barnett. Oh, yeah? I guess really Courtney Barnett's voice would have sounded like hers because... Courtney Love had the voice first, so you can't right? Really, be like sure, right, you know, whatever. But I could see yeah. that. I think. I think that Barnett has a little bit more of a distinct, and honestly, I think a better voice. I think that um, Courtney Love. <laughs> no, I can't just say. I can't just say Courtney. Um, no, you don't know her. I don't. I don't know her like that. Call me Love. Uh, I think that Love has like a, a raspier kind of more alternative rock mm-hmm. sound, while Barnett has more of that kind of like smooth indie rock sound. But I mm-hmm. like her sound vocally better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so
2: i liked violet off this album oh that's that's a good one too i i thought that that was like well so when i listened to of course that's the first track i was like man this opening track is actually really good this is like a good choice for an opening track uh but it just didn't do a whole lot from there yeah for me either but well, i thought that was a i really enjoyed that one we'll do a little bit of violet and the sky
1: was Stars are just like
0: little so as it's playing, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. Tyler, you know what this makes me think of?
2: I'll
0: say it again. Tyler, you know what? I think that makes me sound like what it sounds like to me. What's that? I definitely hear pixies in that song. Oh well, yeah. Like I, I I've got notes. I've got
2: pixie <laughs> notes for this episode. <laughs> I know I was kind of giving you the transition a little bit. I'll transition anyway. if you want. I was gonna hold off to my um, influences. My, inf- my, you know, I've got like a whole section about importance of various artists in this sound yeah. and like influences from the sound in my notes section. So how, I can do that.
0: How about Dax? Well, let's, you go yeah, ahead. And let's and you him. finish
1: your hole yeah, really quick, okay. and then we'll go ahead and let well, you do your album. It's gonna fall into a hole for a minute. I didn't want to talk about like conspiracy theories about. Oh, I, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> I, I didn't want to, but this is just so darn interesting. He got real deep. I, I got into mm-hmm. it. So whole uh, this album was released six days after Kurt Cobain died. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple months later, uh, Kristen uh, Faff, I think is her last name, mm-hmm. yep. uh, the bass player. Uh, she also died of mm-hmm. a heroin overdose in mm-hmm. really similar situation. And she was buddies with Kurt. They were both buddies. They they uh, apparently Courtney was jealous of them. They were a little afraid to you know talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when Kristen was found her diary uh, was also found and some pages were missing that uh, just happened to be around the time Kurt was missing. So that's odd. And mm. then you also mentioned uh, Kurt's suicide note. Yes, at the end of his suicide note, it looks like yeah, it's a different handwriting. It's strange. Yeah, because it is. It ain't right. Could be. It's not real. Uh, Kristen told a friend, uh, "Courtney's scary. If I take a hike, she'll make me look bad or do something to make my life miserable." Dun dun dun. That's not something you want to hear right before you die. That's, no, that's true. That's suspicious. One might call it suspicious. And uh, suspicious. I'm in. I agree. I'm down. I have one last I have one last little note here. Uh the autopsy for Kristen just happened to be performed by the same doctor that did the autopsy oh for Kurt gosh. Cobain. <laughs> and that guy just happened to be close friends, personal friends with uh Courtney Love.
0: Why is she friends with the doctor?
2: I don't know. Why is she friends with the doctor? She Jared? made friends. She made friends with him. This is uh this was premeditated. Why
0: would they have house? why would they have the same doctor? That That's suspicious, isn't it?
2: It is. This you is, know what else? Indeed. They won't release the autopsy pictures because they mm-hmm. suck. They keep being like crime scene pictures of Kurt Cobain released. And then you go look at them and you're like, this is nothing. This is the same crap they did every other time. It's mm-hmm. just the same junk over and over. It's a cover-up. It is. You you know, gonna, it's are a you going to tell
0: the story of the person that was supposedly hired?
1: Ah, yeah. Might there, there as a... well
0: jump into it, huh? <laughs> he's, well, he's
1: in deep. I don't want to get it. There, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. I just thought these circumstances were suspicious, but there was a singer uh, of another band that claimed Courtney offered to pay him $50,000 to kill Kurt, uh, Kurt.
0: And then he recommended him to a friend of his. He did. Like you, you didn't think, wow. like, this is suspicious. I should probably tell somebody something about this. He was like, I mean, I got a buddy.
1: Yeah, Who knows? who knows? Who knows? Suspicious. <laughs> mm.
0: And we didn't want to talk about much of the music from Hole. We just wanted
1: yeah. to talk about the conspiracy well, Cody. We talked a little bit about it. There's not much to talk about. It's yeah. just a it's an okay album. It did its thing. That's about it. And, and she it,
2: and it, she's it. crazy and that's you know what else can you say? That is true. And what else can you say? I
1: really chose this album to have an excuse to talk about Courtney Love. <laughs> <Luffin. laughs> I was I wondering, wondering why you, you picked go. it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a why he done, that's why that's why you done done
2: it. He knew what he was doing.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, then I sound it sounds like it's Tyler's turn. Rock and roll My
2: turn. I chose uh Mud, Honey, and I chose the album Tomorrow Hit Today it was a 1998 release it was I'm, I believe it was their fifth that sounds maybe sixth right. album i think fifth oh. sixth Mudhoney's pretty cool Mudhoney is a grunge band if you will uh, also from seattle came out they were in the underground scene quote unquote underground scene with nirvana and they just never surfaced in the same way so They kind of, I don't think, I think that a lot of the changing in Nirvana sound is partially in response to their popularity, whether it be a negative response or a positive response. And I just don't think Mudhoney had to do that as much. So their sound kind of stayed more stable. As I mentioned, they're kind of, they were rooted a little more in punk and they kind of kept up with it so i thought it was a pretty good album it's one of my favorite albums of theirs and i think it's a good example of a grunge band that had a grungy sound if you will Mm. uh and how that transition how like transitioned or continued on into the late 90s and from there out so that all makes sense I thought it was pretty good. Mud Honey's also bit? just really good. Yeah, take a listen.
0: Can, we should. We can definitely listen. Which Which song was yours? Because I know. I, I believe if I, we talked about it before. Me and Me and Tyler happen to have the same uh, favorite track, but yeah. I don't know what yep. you guys were favorites. Ooh. We can. Jared, go ahead. Did you pick Did you pick the right Mud Honey album, Jared? Yeah, we listened to it together. <laughs> yes, idiot. I know we uh, listened to it. I together. I might not have had you not been there with me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um. I don't really remember the tracks that much. Like, just nothing stuck out. You know, a whole lot. I guess I could
1: pick uh, Pick Night of the Hunted. You don't have to just pick one for Mm. the sake of picking. I won't pick any. Okay, there you go. Not picking one. All right, Dex. Night of the Hunted.
0: Night of the Hunted. Okay. And then we both agreed, me and Tyler, uh, Poison Water. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, Poison Water.
0: And since it's his album, and I I can confer that I like this song, we will do Poison Water. I'm going to jump in just a little bit, because I want the vocals. I know when I listen to that, I got like, I I mentioned this already, but I'll say it again. I I get like a really bluesy vibe off of this album. Mm -hmm. You can tell that they had a lot of blues influences that went along with like the punk sound that they were kind of trying to like, have and it really was incorporated
2: well together I think yeah it's pretty good and they were <clears throat> their debut came out in 89 which of course was the same time as Bleach mm-hmm. um, and they kind of did their thing and moved along as well but it was a uh, actually a funny funny little little bit I think I already mentioned it to UK Lib was that I first heard this song because Mud Honey had a cameo in a Chris Farley David Spade movie called Black Sheep and they were playing the song in that movie. And I was like, that song's really cool. And it took me a long time to figure it out because I only heard like the beginning of that first verse. Right. Um, And it's really hard to look up this song by the lyrics, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really good. And they did have a kind of a different feel. I think that lead guitar and lead sounds are a little more prominent Mm -hmm. in Mudhoney's music than they are in other. And they are in like Nirvana and what we think of that type of grunge. I would agree with that. And it's more of kind of, I think it's rooted more in the mixture of like, blues rock and punk than in an alternative i would say so but i think it still has i think that fuzz that they use is still like really kind of a raw more of a raw sound than like say the the distortion that we hear on the guitars in Soundgarden or pearl jam or any of those kind of like mid to late era grunge there's groups. definitely
0: a lot more fuzz on those and i what's interesting too is like you said is that this is like their sixth album and so they, and Because I, I haven't heard, I, I don't think I've ever listened to any of their other albums at all. So I don't really know if that's a sound that has like really followed through, but I, I believe you. And so it's interesting that they have incorporated that same sound over six albums and that they really have kind of stuck to that fuzzy guitar distortion sound over all that time.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, it's it, it's a staple. Of, I mean, in, you hear it in Bleach, too. Yeah, like for the sure. early That early Seattle underground, as they call it. Sound had a lo- it was lo-fi, a lot of fuzz, as compared to like a clean. Dis- that's one thing that's like nice about to me about Mudhoney and Nirvana that separates them from you know a lot of the other bands that are labeled as grunge mm-hmm. is that it's just not polished in the same way. Any, Any other thoughts so- on Mudhoney? Nope. All right, Jared, you- a hidden track. <laughs> it does. Have oh hidden yes, it thank really you, have a thank track. you, Cody. <laughs> Good it- lord, it does have a hidden track. I almost forgot because. About it. By the way, beneath the valley of the underdog, isn't that just like a sweet, like final track jam? Mm-hmm. It is. It really it, is. It is a pretty good track. Listen up, here, Spotify. Stop <laughs> exposing hidden tracks. I'm so sick of it.
0: <laughs> I no, actually, that one I'm pretty sure is because it says beneath the valley of the underdog plus hidden tracks. So I think because yeah. it's like an eight they did separa- They didn't
2: separate it. They didn't separate it out, which is good. Yeah. Did but they, you still stuck it in there because the whole thing is like, why is this song like eight minutes long? And then you find out because there's some sweet, you know, all by myself in there. But nope, <laughs> <laughs> don't it.
0: Sweet, all by myself. <laughs> is this our Green Day reference for today? Mm-hmm. Is that That's my right. cue that we got to get a horn intro into no, the song? We talk yet, about no. we talk not about yet. Green Day we'll once do it a week. Next. We'll do it next. We talk we'll about do at the end. We talk about a horn intro at least once.
1: Come on, we have hey. a theme. We don't need to do. We don't. We we'll don't do it
0: need later. Do we'll this. do. All right, I'll hold just, off on. I just, lied.
1: We haven't even done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna resist. But we can. can do we it. can talk about mine and then we'll talk about yours last. Let's do it. Because I chose Temple of the Dog, debut album, Temple of the Dog. Actually, I think their only only album. Only album.
2: Only album. Debut only. And
0: I I, I thought it would be way better. Uh, Not that it wasn't good, because Chris Cornell puts out good albums. Um, But basically, Temple of the Dog is every member of Pearl Jam minus Eddie Vedder. And then the lead singer is Chris Cornell. But then Eddie Vedder is in uh, a few songs. So it's a Pearl Jam album. So it's like Pearl (laughs) Jam... With a little bit of Eddie Vedder spliced in, and then Chris Cornell singing behind Pearl Jam. Now, remind me, wow. you, you were talking about what was the the debut
2: of Pearl Jam's album? What, what year? What year? Uh,
0: 91. 90. Oh, so, th-
2: okay, you want to get into that? Because I've got a note on that, boyos. <laughs> I know you really want to jump into this. So, Pearl Jam 10 was released. So, 91 is the year grunge broke, if you will. Mm-hmm. Because Pro Jam released. So first off, Pro Jam comes out just like swinging because 10's a good album.
0: Yes, very good.
2: How do you come out on your debut and you kill it that like that? Yeah. But ninety one is when Ten came out. Ninety one is when Nevermind came. Ninety one is when, um, is, is that when, when Alice uh, in Chain's Dirt came out, or did that come out yeah. later? Well, I don't. I need to look at that one. But Bad Motorfinger. Okay. The album predating your choice, Caleb, mm-hmm. which has Rusty Cage and a lot of Soundgarden songs that are totally well known on there. It came out 92. in 91. Hole's original uh debut album came out in 91. Okay. Like that was a that was a big year. Oh yeah. And I was born that year, so you know, it's just
0: But you're dating yourself now. There's a yeah, whatever.
2: There's uh I mean, that was a big deal. So yeah, Ten is Ten was a debut came out in 91. 91 is, was a year that was just dominated by that the sound, I guess. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. Jared, go go ahead and keep talking about Temple of the Dog. You, you, All right, you get the floor. Okay.
2: Well, I really
0: love the song "Hunger Strike." It's a very good song. The best song, one of my favorite grunge songs. If the you will. best song, mm-hmm. their best song, <laughs> no, by far, but definitely their best song. One of the best grunge songs, if you even would count. I mean, it's. Gr- I don't know. The thing that I like about it is that they basically say the same things over and over, but then like differently, but it sounds the same. It's kind of like Is There a Ghost by A Band of Horses. Oh, that's a good song. Where they just continuously say the same <laughs> lyrics, but then they like sing harder and then have a long break and then come back and sing again. I don't know, whatever. But I'm Well, bored. they're
2: switching back and forth between uh, Eddie and Chris, too, yeah. which gives it a little bit different. Correct.
0: It's like you wouldn't even notice that they're singing the same thing, and, and then once you notice, you don't care. That all right. makes sense but i don't know i I didn't i had never listened to that album all the way through i did like if i had it had been a really really long time so i was like you know what do i want to pick i don't want to pick a traditional like grunge album that everybody loves i was gonna do 10 and then i thought somebody else was gonna do 10 and then by the time that i realized that nobody did 10 i was like i'm already in it so (laughs) i'm not gonna do 10 (laughs) i made a mistake but i'll go on with it and then um ali i thought about allison chains i thought about doing a um Stone Temple Pilots, Core, there are a few things I thought about, and then I was like, I'll just stick with Temple of the Dog, just because I didn't know it as much. Like, i listened to Core, and I love 10, so I was like, I'll do something that I'm not as familiar with so that I can, you know, get familiar with it. Yeah. I'm glad that you
2: chose it, June.
0: I didn't love it, but I did. I thought it was good. Chris Cornell is good in it, and it's a good excuse to listen to the song Hunger Strike again, because I will listen to that song at least once a week, probably. And I still, you know, like I listen to it a lot.
2: But I can't feed on
1: the powerless when my cup's already overfilled. Yeah. But it's on the table, of fire's cooking, and the farming babies will sleep working
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tyler hated this. Album. All right. Here's, here's a question. Here's a hunger strike question. Yeah, what's up?
0: Eddie Vedder or Chris Cornell? No offense on my end. It's it's an easy answer. It's got to be Chris Cornell.
2: Oh, come on now. I, I do like that.
0: I like it when, when Eddie comes in. Chris yeah. gets, plays it off real cool at the very beginning and then the guitar solo and all that and and then you get Eddie and and then like the, the the best part is when the two of them are singing like back and forth that's that's the best part but and i think that, that's that's where i think it is is that i think when they start both singing back and forth i think you can tell that like chris's voice shines a little bit brighter on the song i mean eddie wasn't even he hadn't even really done anything up to that point right. in terms of music at all like yeah so i don't know yeah i still i think that pearl jam is the better group than Soundgarden or I would agree. Whatever, like they're probably I don't know. You could put them up there with Nirvana just because they've been around for it way long, you know, longer. Obviously, but right? Nirvana is more but, influential, but like the, for I,
2: longevity's sake,
0: the the entirety of work
2: you probably should give to Pearl Jam. I think Pearl Jam's more diverse anyway. I mean, they, especially you know, on Ten, it was not as much, but even starting with verses, I think it was. The sound was much more diverse.
0: There is a very diverse sound to 10. Like when I listened to that album last year, I just like, I almost didn't even realize how many different like sounds were across that album and Mm -hmm. how, how much is going on on 10 and how much all of it actually goes
2: together so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a really good one. Let's talk about the hunger strike. Pretty decent song. Definitely my favorite song in the album. Yeah. Until you get to 226, 225 area. Probably two twenty four, two twenty five, two twenty six, two twenty five. Let's go two twenty When you get to that moment in the song, okay, and it just it just I'm, it's just over for me. All right, hate I hate it? that little you riff. Like you you like it more or less? Less. I hate that riff. Starting at two twenty four, oh, I think it's just man. boring and Soundgarden recycling, and I just don't like it. And then from that point on, I'm like, when does it get back to the point that I the part I want to hear? All right, let's let's play a little bit of that.
0: I can I can hear why no, that he, would be a little. Why bit would of... you stop there? Oh, I thought that was getting <laughs> yeah. ready to go in. He asked for well, the he riff. Getting ready to go in. He's that going in hard, and you just cut off. him off. <laughs> he asked for that riff. That's why he said two twenty four. You um, want to give it a couple more hate... seconds? Yeah, because it gets good after that. All right, we'll we'll let it get good for about five to ten seconds, and so we'll we'll see what that. We can't judge it on just one riff. go go to... Same spot.
2: Oh, you you thought he was gonna get into it, didn't you? Sounds like a little it's bit more part. of a riff. Oh, they play that riff again, like not long, ago, you know, twenty more seconds, and they're playing it again. <laughs> they love it. I oh, I don't know so what I bo- hate it,
0: it sounds like something, and I can't put my finger I, I on it. I agree with you. I don't know what it sounds like. It sounds like something though. It, it does,
2: but it doesn't sound great. It doesn't really fit the r- feel of the rest of the song to me, anyway that's fair that's they're fair. just like we need to put something in here to like sound different as like a bridge type thing so they just threw that in there and Any, anything else you want to say to shit on...
0: oh we didn't talk oh, about miley cyrus I... oh,
1: damn, that's, that's
2: true but i we haven't even talked about that song yet which i would love to get to reach down no no say hello to number two heaven oh he didn't like that it's number two heaven I will get. I haven't ripped on this album yet. I've only talked about Hunger Strike, which is a song I like on this album. Rip it. This album is bad. Ooh. First off, let me say, before I get into it, let me say, Jared, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> <laughs> I hate stop this album. Stop sending us Temple of the Dog. <laughs> this album is just horrible. Yeah, stop. No more fan mail. I'm sick of this Temple of the Dog fan mail. I can't do it. I was like... I was looking forward to it a little bit because I was like, okay, I like, because Hunger Strikes really the most, the song I've ever really heard. So I got in there and listened to it, but no, Jared, I can't do it. I can't do it. Say Hello to Heaven. First off, when I listened to it, I didn't even know that was, the, I thought that was track two because it sense. starts off a little, little you know, different sounding and it's got the number two in it. That's rough. And Are you trying just, to say they should oh, have started with it. Reach Down and then went into Say Hello to Heaven. I don't even know what it did. All I know is I hate Say Hello to Heaven. I hate it. It's bad. It sounds like if sound if it sounds like a Soundgarden cover band of Guns N' Roses. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Soundgarden. I like did that. Guns N' Roses via the sound of Soundgarden, and I I hate it. I hate it. At least they'd show up and, to their uh, concert on time, probably. Well, that's true. <laughs> and then Reach Down was just so long. I mentioned earlier. I, I was like, when does Hunger Strike happen? When do I get to hear Hunger Strike? And then it came on and I wasn't you know, I wasn't paying attention to the tracks. Uh I listened at work or something, I wasn't paying attention to the tracks. I went back and looked and I was like, Man, I thought Hunger Strike was track like five or six, and it's only track three on this thing. Yeah. And I was I didn't finish the album, I'm not gonna lie to you. I couldn't do it.
1: I didn't either. I, I gave up like six tracks in. Oh man. I listened to the whole thing. I couldn't do I it. I listened to so, the whole album. I didn't think it was as bad as we Every
2: week
0: ex- one I of respect, you guys I cheats in it. some way. I, it it was <laughs> oh come on, it was so, not finishing was the album is so a cheat. Me. You gotta it listen to every so track of every album. You'll know who also cheated next. Oh no. Uh, did you also, not listen to Super Unknown? I, I did. Yeah. What? I, I did. You didn't listen to Super Unknown. Okay, I've heard it I before. I'd heard it before. We, let me transition. So I did Soundgarden Super Unknown, and apparently Jared decided not to listen to my album. I've listened to it before. Oh, I'm hurt. So I I, I start, unless do you want do you want to shit on Temple of the Dog a little bit more before no, I do? No, no, we're done with that. We're done. <laughs> it's
2: horrible. Peace and love. Peace
0: and love. Sorry, Jared. All right. <laughs> so I struggled because and all of these have been mentioned, but I had three that I had in mind, and all three of them I listened to last year during my project that I was doing, and I couldn't decide which one of the three I thought was the most influential, and I I was really torn on picking ten. But like Jared, I thought that someone else was going to pick 10. So we all kind of messed up and didn't pick one of the most influential <laughs> grunge bands slash albums. Uh, I also really wanted to pick Alice in Chains' Dirt. There's a lot of really good songs on that album. There's a like it, It's so grimy and dirty, which is why it's called Dirt. And I like Alice in Chains. It's a fun album. But I decided to go with Super Unknown just because I, I, I think that personally... Chris Cornell kind of like took the flag and ran with it in terms of the grunge sound once Nirvana was no longer a thing. I think that, like, super unknown because it came out in '94 that was really an album that like was a testament to the fact that like just because Nirvana was gone did not mean that the sound of that music could not still exist and it has it's also very much like in it doesn't sound like whole but very much like whole it has almost more of an alternative rock feel to me mm-hmm. I think that it fits very much on like the if like there was alternative rock charts like that it would land on that but I still think that it has that grunge sound um, so yeah I just really like this album i think my favorite song on the album is the day i tried to live uh black hole sun is the the typical answer but it's a very good song also very weird video similar to like heart shaped box where there's just so much going on with it and i like i like that it's very cinematic and interesting but as a song i think the day i tried to live is a little better going to be a lot of guitar clearly so we, got, we got time stamped this stuff it's a good guitar riff though it's it's oh, yeah. pleasant and pretty yeah. it's a pretty it's a pretty good that's a good track it, it you gotta let it get into yeah. it we're just we're just giving them a taste anyways you gotta wet their little whistles that's I'll, right you don't wanna, you want to you want them to want to have I'll to go listen to it. the
2: best part of the song on their own that's right. Uh, you you
0: got to feel it, and you're like, oh, you know what? I do really like that song. I got to go mm. listen to that. We got to get those plays up for these bands. <laughs> that's what we're here for. We're here to get those plays up on
1: Spotify. Our, right. our sponsor, Spotify. All right. Give anyways. us money, Spotify. So, you're going to be able to hear quit- us on Spotify soon. Oh. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> or
2: now, really, I guess. Well, and, I like uh, By the time this
1: is out now, probably. But
2: yeah, yeah. They yeah. will be listening I like- on there. Uh, my wave on that song a lot. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, my track is Spoon Man. Oh, you like, like Spoon, Spoon Man. Man? As is mine. I like Spoon Man. Spoon Man is a good track, Cody. It is. Did, did you listen to it?
1: I did. Okay. We listened to it together.
0: Okay. I just want. We did listen to. I just. I got anxious after Jared told me he cheated Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he was next to you when you listened to it. Fiction I know. <laughs> i
1: It's like I forgot out of my anxieties. <laughs> I have to go with Black Hole Sun. All right, yeah. that's entirely I, I fair. I can't go with anything else. That's okay. a good
0: song. L- which one should we play, Spoon Man or Black Hole Sun? Just spoon me. Man. Spoon Man. Spoon- everyone knows Black or, Hole yeah, Sun. Knows All right, so. Spoon Man it is. Spoon Man. Is, this song about here? is it? What's it about? Anybody know? I I would guess that Spoon Man. I don't know what else a spoon would be relevant to in a, a hard rock song.
2: I looked it up once. Here, I'm on there. I'm there. Okay. I'm there.
0: You're already Hold there. Hold on.
2: Dude, that, did you know this song is often credited as one of the songs that launched Soundgarden's career into the mainstream? Oh, the mainstream. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. I
0: would have thought ready. the Black Hole Sun would have essentially just done it on its own. Yeah. You would think so. Did Which one was released as a single first? Spoonman was. Oh, okay. Well, Ooh, that makes sense So then. that's fair. That was just them... You know? Thinking that Spoonman would be the song that would like if you be didn't a better have Spoonman, single, they probably wouldn't even know about Black Hole Sun.
1: That's true. That's a good point. So, man, this song—I can't find what it's about. It, I, I found it. It was right. inspired by artist The Spoon Man a street performer in Santa Cruz who played the spoons. I love it. It
0: hmm. <laughs> oh, brings a whole that's different meaning to the yeah. Yeah. Song. Here we were thinking it was a drug, drug out song, but lo and behold, it was just about a guy who <laughs> liked street. to play spoons on the street. Yeah, That's fun. It works. You know what? I think that's where we should close it. I think <laughs> <laughs> we should leave it on the fact that Spoon Man is about a, a street performer who plays spoons. I had two more points that's about it. this whole thing. Oh, did you? Yeah. Here oh, we go. Please do then. So... Uh, a few years ago, I saw audio or um, no, not audio. Yeah, audio slave. No, it was Soundgarden, not audio slave. Sorry. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. No, hold on. You were not there. Yeah, we saw Soundgarden together. Don't stare at me. We saw Soundgarden together. You wait one second, because I got two po- two stories. You're wrong. Okay. Have you seen them twice? So, I saw um, Soundgarden with a Bush a few years ago, uh, with my dad. And me. Oh, you were there for that? <laughs> I was there because Bush oh. was there, and the guy from Bush went out into the crowd. And there were so many people that were surrounding him that they had to stop playing music for a minute, and yeah. they had to get him back to the stage. That's true. Thank okay. you. All right. Then. jerk off. Oh, okay. I didn't do
2: that. Yeah, okay. I, w- I was there for that. I saw that. You did see that too, Tyler? You were there? No. Oh, dang. <laughs> but <laughs> it seemed like it would have been cool.
0: So the second thing was we were going to go to Rock on the Range a few years ago. And the headliner was um, uh, Soundgarden. And then Soundgarden was no longer the headliner because Chris Cornell killed himself. We had tickets to see that band, and that it was like the next week that the show <clears throat> was going to be. I and remember that. Yes. So it was very weird. It was a very odd thing because we still went. Yeah. And so they did like a tribute thing to him, and all these people were, were like, you know, sad and, and you know, understandably so. It really changed the vibe of that entire, like, that whole convention it, thing. It, or whatever you call it. A, a festival, not festival, a, a convention. Festival, whatever. It's fine. It's okay. Well, anyways. So then, here's another <laughs> thing. He was going to say, let's cut that out. <laughs> no. Well, I couldn't yeah, could see it. It, was I a wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it. <laughs> yeah, that's my quote. So then, a few months later, I bought tickets to see Linkin Park. Yep. In Cincinnati. And then, right before that tour, Chester Bennington kills himself because Chris Cornell killed himself. <laughs> so two concerts in the same year, <laughs> I was supposed to see these bands. It was a rough year for music. It was well, it, awful. It, stop buying tickets, Jared. <laughs> I know. You're that's killing, what I heard. You're killing, killing people. people. You're killing people. Kill Why don't oh, you boy. try and go see Nickelback Live? Oh, no. <laughs> Rest in peace, Chad Kroger. <laughs>
2: oh please do it jared please so
0: but yeah it was very weird and it was really (laughs) unfortunate because at the time that i bought tickets to see lincoln park it was right around when their newest last album came out and i really didn't like that album very much but i still wanted to see that band then that album came out and the reviews were not good for it and they said you know why don't you sound like what you used to and they're like because we can't anymore we're not those people so yeah, it was weird because mm. I really wanted to listen to like hybrid theory and and stuff of that era, and so I was a, of Meteora. the same of the same ilk that felt that way. But I I wasn't as you know I don't know I I'm not on like blog posts saying Linkin Park sucks or anything like that. But it definitely contributes to somebody's mental health when you get destroyed for the music that you make, and it's like. I don't know, it's it's real weird. Well, I mean that it's sad to bring it all circular back, that's what happened to Kurt was that, you know, the way that he was treated as a celebrity was the reason that he couldn't keep going. He was he had no privacy, he had no like he was it was impossible for him to have personal life He couldn't handle it. There was an interview we were watching where he was talking about like reading, just wanting to read a book. He was like, I just like, he was talking about how he was a guy who wanted to go into the woods and just like stay away from people. he's like, I can really relate to that. And it's like, that's Kurt is a guy who like sits, reads a book, wants to be very introspective, like wants to be on his own. And we, as people, take the people that we are interested in as celebrities and we refuse to let them be the people that they want to be. And we make them what we want them to be. That's true. Just like Chester.
2: I think, uh, I think it, well, different people are different. I think that that was kind of Kurt's thing initially anyway. Like that's just who he was. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think he was in a, you know, semi predestined to have a lot of the feelings that he had. Yeah. Especially when you mix into it a drug addiction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of a, I think it's a mixture of things and you just have to learn to have a, to have tough skin, I suppose, when you get out there in that sense. But it, I don't know. It doesn't happen for everyone. I've got some notes on some things, you know, that, you can keep talking, please. Um, we so, don't have it, we don't have to close that out on Spoonman it's anymore. <laughs> it's different. Well, no, I've got so. I'll, let me start here. Okay, I have one gripe with Super Unknown. Okay, it's seventy minutes long, man. It's a long album. It's a it's, it's just a, it's a slog. not justifiable to me at all. Okay, to be seventy minutes long, I can't like trim your songs down and don't put 15 7 minute songs on your album. Just don't do it.
0: I you know what I I will agree. I I don't. I think it's because it's my album, so obviously I'm not going to shit on it as much as like what other people should, and they should. Um, I think it, when I was listening to it, it's just one of those things where it didn't feel like an hour and ten minutes to me. Like I've listened to it like three times now, and none of those times has it felt like it was like super overwhelming. But I could definitely see an hour and ten minute album not just not being feasible and not feeling justified.
2: Yeah, it was just too long for me.
0: Any That's all I got on oh, that on was the,
2: that was your only other note? On <laughs> super, super Unknown, but I've got I've gotten various notes on other bits. You wanna you wanna just like throw out some some random sprawled I'll just throw out ideas? Out. I think it was I thought it was kind of interesting that what, three of the four of us, the albums that we ended up choosing were came out in ninety four and then basically came out like right before or after uh Cobain died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that I thought it was interesting that Grunge was like Determined by Nirvana, according to F- yet yeah, you know what we think of today when we look back at grunge. I mean, Nirvana clearly has a part in it, but like all of these big albums and songs that we know are all like after that. Yeah, that makes sense,
0: and I think, but I do think that a lot of that was still birthed out of the Nirvana era, and like like we talked about, like like Dirt from Alice and Chains, Pearl Jam Ten, and then obviously everything from Nirvana. Like, I think that's more of a testament to the fact that the. The the scene of grunge did not rely solely on the shoulders of Kurt Cobain, and it was something that could right. still exist after Nirvana. It didn't like once they did not exist and before they existed as what they were.
2: Yeah, and I think there's just there's a sound and an idea of what it is that like hit mainstream not long before his his suicide. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So like the sound kind of went mainstream and then it just broke out from there. I think which is kind of interesting because I think. I think when I listen to Pearl Jam, when I listen to Soundgarden, I compare it to Mud, Honey, and Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Soundgarden and Pearl Jam sound like music that was more designed for the mainstream. I would agree with that design. 100%, honestly. I think so. that Nirvana, it's, it's
0: astounding when it comes down to it that Nirvana was able to be a popular band. Because the music that they made was not for fans. It was for them. And it was one of those things where it just was kind of a fluke that people like fell in love with their music. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And on that note, what do we want to close out with,
2: song? Oh, first. dude, I've got, I'm I'm still there. Oh, you still, you still have notes? To keep going. You want to keep Oh, I have. I still have the largest paragraph of notes I wrote out of all of them. Oh well, just man, do it, then. just do it. Just do it. Hit <laughs> it. Yeah, go for it. I, I'll I'll, so it I'll, I'll never with... close it out. I'll talk about Nirvana all day, every day. It starts. It starts with the. It starts with everyone should be happy with where I'm going to begin with the importance of the Pixies on the sound of Nirvana, which Kurt Cobain <laughs> said he said it himself. He did, and the importance of their sound on all of this, like all of the underground, quote unquote, underground sounds and bands that we hear popping up in like the late '80s and early '90s. Oh, for sure. And it's just like, yeah, thank you. I, I,
0: it's I, insane. I definitely agree. When I, I, okay, so what year was it that Surfer Rosa came out?
2: 88. 87. 87? It was eight- 88. It was March 88. of 88. Okay. It was 88. Yep, it was 88.
0: And that that sound, like when I listened to that album, it just like, you can just hear that it screams influential on every single yeah. like bit of it. You can tell that they're doing something very different, similar to the Violent Femmes album, where mm-hmm. what they're doing is just so different from what you heard at that time, and you knew when you were listening to it, like today, you're like, someone else was listening to this and wanting to do something different just like this album. Somebody mm-hmm. like The kids in the underground scene were listening to Pixies, listening to Violent Femmes, and they were like, I want to be in this
2: scene. I want to make something that sounds like this. Yeah, and it was just explosive. And that album, it just, I don't know, it just Surferos is so good. And we'll get into it when we get into the Pixies week. I don't want to talk too much about it because I want to save a lot for that, of course, but... That's going to be such a good... Their one. influence is clear. The influence is clear, and it... So this is like... Here's a interesting thing about the Nirvana era, if you will. And this is where I get into like a big chunk of what I, of my, the, the ideas I threw down is like the late 80s, you see pixies, you see a lot of bands that influences. And the like my mild bread and butter, if you will, of indie alternative music that really I like and that, ha- that like holds a spot for me mm-hmm. is late 90s into mid, late uh, 80s into mid 90s. Quote unquote, if you will, underground indie music that was so he- that was really even more heavily based off of Pixies than Nirvana would be for sure. So, for me, one of the big bands is like Super Chunk. You know, I never really got into Super Chunk, but I recognize uh, like the value of that group. I love Super Chunk. That's what's so interesting is this like the explosion of Nirvana and bands of that nature and like and and the focus turned towards Seattle during that era really like. It it caused people to ignore some of these huge bands that had discographies that started, like for instance, Superman Super Chunk, their debut album was in ninety. In yeah. ninety one, when all of that stuff was going down, they came out with an album, No Pocky for Kitty. That's a really good album. Could have picked it. And well, it's not a yeah, I mean know, it's I'm not kidding. a grunge album, I'm which is why I didn't. But, but you, you know, and in ninety four when most of the albums we chose came out in April on the 18th of April, like not right long after Cobain's death as well, uh, in 94, they came out with an album foolish, which is just, that is an awesome album. Um, so there it's interesting cause it took a lot of, which I don't mind it because it, it let those, it let all of these really good bands continue doing what they were doing without having to deal with all of the crap that comes along with it. Um, and it's just really interesting. Because there's lots of stuff going on during that time. Like Dinosaur Jr. came was around at that time. Like mm-hmm. their debut album came out in, well, I've got it up here, 80. 88. Yeah, 88, I believe, is what it was as well. Yeah. Dinosaur. Yeah, 85, actually. Oh, really? It was 85? 85, when Man. Dinosaur came out. I thought then there's they next came out albums. later than that. You're Living All Over Me was 87, and Bug was 88, which those are huge albums for people who like Dinosaur Jr. Fun right. fact the woman who did the cover art for You're Living All Over Me and Bug. Was a Ball State art professor. Really? Yep. Fun fact for anybody listening: Ball State that's is my right. alma mater, so, so that's relevant I to wanna, me. There you go. Right. I do want to get into dinosaur, super chunky that stuff more when we talk about Pixies and when we talk about Fugazi. So I'm not going to get too much, but there's just a lot of music in that era that was based off of like the outlier bands of the late '80s. Yeah, that were lesser known. That's just really good, and it's really interesting to to like look deeper into that era and continuing on even into the mid 90s really hit their stride a lot of those bands did
0: well what's interesting is is that there's just so much of a focus it like it, i think that the i don't want to like shit on mainstream music and that's not like the intention but like the mainstream kind of has to hyper focus on out al- like albums and groups where like they there could only be one nirvana at the time even if like 90 let's oh, will say 90 Like, 90 to 95, there was a ton of music still coming out that was, like, within that realm in the same area, and they didn't even, like... They they couldn't have a Mudhoney as well as a Nirvana. They couldn't highlight multiple groups at the same time. They could only make one megastar at that time, and they decided that it was Nirvana, and everything else kind of had to, like, fall to the side, even though there was a ton of really good music coming out in that era.
2: Yeah, it's very true. And what I think also is interesting, too, is... When you get so like, it's true they can only focus on one big thing. But what was really cool though, when you when you look at it, is what all of that attention did for some of those indie labels of the eight eighties, Sub Pop and Four AD and Matador. I mean, it really elevated elevated those labels to a point where all of their stuff gets to people a lot better. And even like we're reaping those rewards today. Oh for sure, Sub Pop still has great bands and great releases. Four AD and Matador both still have great bands and great releases. Sub Pop is like one of the the biggest record labels still to this
0: day and they really weren't that big. Uh, no. I mean they they were, you know, they were a record label for sure, but I think that Nirvana was really a, a titular reason that they became such a big record company.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting that they're still putting out, you know, those those labels of that era with all of that inf- you know, all people paying attention to them. They're still putting out really good like, you know, generic uh indie music to this day. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. They put out and Bob's and Burgers. It, and
0: it, yep, Sub Pop is the one who did Bob's they Burgers. Did. Fun
2: fact, huh? They did put out Bob's Burgers,
0: which is great. Yeah, I was true. actually gonna bring that up, but I'm glad that you brought it up because <laughs> I I have so I got the the deluxe edition vinyl of the Bob's Burgers. Like, oh, I'm jealous, dude. Oh, it was it was worth like every dollar, which was a lot of dollars that I spent on <laughs> yeah, it. It was like
2: eighty bucks.
0: Yeah, it was eighty bucks. You are absolutely yep. correct. I spent eighty you bucks. You know, idea. Yeah, you know, I know how much it. <laughs> but it comes with a Sub Pop sticker, and it looks kind of like Bob's. Burgery, and if I remember right, and so I put that oh, on my record cool. player, and I was like, "All right, I will never forget that Sub Pop was the one who put out Bob's Burgers vinyl." Yep, they did. Sub Pop, has, I mean, Beach House is on Sub Pop. Yep, isn't? Um, I could be wrong. I might be wrong. It's Father John Misty on yes. Sub Pop. Piss yeah. jeans, piss jeans. Mm, I would talk about yep. piss jeans all day too. Yeah, yep. they, they, they are.
2: are. Sub Pop, they who? still have a Light lot of, of the people Concords. that are. Oh, nice.
0: Lesser known even. Not the same reaction as piss jeans because nothing can have the same reaction as piss jeans.
2: What else is kind of cool is um, that focus that elevated those small, those like indie labels of that era. It's interesting because there's like a vacuum, right? I mean, when all of those like people that led the grunge movement were elevated and those labels were elevated, it left like a vacuum for people to step in. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's where you get a lot of these great groups from that time period, too. And that's where you get... I mean, if you look how many labels popped up from, like, 93 to 96, you got Jag Jaguar came about, mm-hmm. secretly Canadian, both great Bloomington labels, Barsouk came out in, like, 94, 96, Domino started in that era, too. And now those people have been elevated to, you know, a level of, hey, we have pretty good exposure and people can find all sorts of good music through these indie labels that are really pretty accessible. Yeah, so and,
0: and again, I, I, think, I think that just is to c- continue to circle her back around. It's just a huge testament of how much Nirvana was able to accomplish across, like, yeah, it's
2: like just it is such a short period of time. It's a really interesting thing to see how that era is so important in terms of accessibility to the things that we can get easily, more easily, get today. For sure. So I think uh, it's pretty good. I'm refraining from talking about Discord because we'll talk about it for Fugazi. Okay, that sounds good. You got you got yourself already. You'll have to hold I'm on ready. to your notes. I'm ready. I have one. My last final statement I have written down that please, I wanted to say. Please is all in all, I still think Pixies are better than all these grunge bands.
0: All right, that's that's that is the place to leave it right <laughs> there. there. It is. The sell for the Pixies right before we close out. <laughs> I'm uh, Doing it. So so Dax has
1: recommended. Uh, you know, you're
0: right by Nirvana for one of the, the closing. last songs they one ever of, made. Yep. released
1: in 2002
0: which makes complete sense why that would be the yeah because they were talking about real quick they were talking about how like dave grohl they were they were interviewing him right after that song came out and it's Mm -hmm. like it's it was very strange for him to like hear something from nirvana so late after he had not been a part of nirvana so i think that's a good closing track anyone have any disagreements mm -mm. jared isn't even here anymore Oh, I'm here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been, <gasps> I can finally say it, Record Roundtable. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Roundtable. Go to our website, recordroundtable.com. This is our first uh, chance to really shill out, uh, really <laughs> sell out to
0: the, the mainstream media, man. All right. What's going on? <laughs> All right thanks for listening. We're going to listen to a little bit of You Know You're Right, and we will see you next week for, wasn't it Rolling Stones next week? i'm pretty sure it's rolling stones yeah i week. think it is yeah yeah, yeah yes, i can it is. i can i can tell you no no no, it's fine we'll we'll just trust that i'm right because if i remember correctly it'll be rolling it's stones the rolling Stones, and then radiohead so yeah get get on your ex- excited horse and ride your way to just you play know us you're out. right just okay play out.
1: okay <laughs>